kill me. I'm here. Do it now. I'm here. Kill me. And he's like laying in this ditch. He notices the predator standing underneath the giant log. He kicks the log out. It crushes the predator. Looks at the predator who's spitting up. Max, what's in the blood? I know you know what's in the blood. KY, jelly, and glow sticks. There now. you go. He just looks at him and says, what the hell are you? And the predator looks at Dutch. <laughs> yeah. and says, what the hell yeah. are you? Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Our mission is to take you on a most excellent adventure through time. Buzz in the Tower is so much more than a podcast. It's the map to One-Eyed Willie's treasure. And all you have to do is sit back, listen, and repeat after me. Klaatu! Barata! <coughs> Buzz in the Tower answers the questions you didn't even know you had. Like who would win in a fight, John Rambo or Hans Gruber? Or who is dreamier, Jake Ryan or Marty McFly? So as we rank, debate, and offer fresh takes of the best of the best from 80s cinema, please remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to a podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Don't forget to subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For bonus content, you can find us on all social media channels by searching our handle at Buzz in the Tower. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us with topics you'd like us to talk about, visit our website, buzzinthetower.com. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, thetower.com. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Verde Media. Max, I couldn't be happier with the way our website looks. So good. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at our website yet, you need to right away. These guys, website development, online marketing, they are outstanding. Am I exaggerating at all? It is so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend having them build you one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, look, they're the best of the best. And working with John, uh, their owner, a self-admitted 80s martial arts movie nerd was an absolute joy. Is that why you said the best of the best? That is why I said yeah. that was like, the tip of the hat to John. Um, they're more than our sponsor. They're our partner. And if you are looking to build a website, they are the group to go to. Uh, find their link on our website and check them out, Verde Media. Today's episode, the best 80s movie endings. They say that there are two parts to every movie, the ending and everything else. Studios rely on test audiences, directors rely on their gut, and actors hope one of the two are right. A few weeks ago, we covered our favorite intro scenes to 80s movies. Cobra, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Conan the Barbarian were a few that made that list. On today's episode, we'll fast forward to the climax of cinematic 80s gold and produce a list of our favorite endings. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the last three minutes to my tight 90-minute masterpiece, Max Sanders. And with that, let's start at the finish. Hit me in the sweet spot with that 90-minute reference. It is wild how our favorite movies from the 80s are all 90 minutes long. Oh, when I see an hour 25, I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It's like my in my brain, I think I can see four movies that day. <laughs> I don't know why I think that. Do you think that way? I'm like, all right, I can pound out four of these. I remember when movies started to change and get to that two-hour mark. And if it was a movie I was excited to see, I would always love knowing that it was like a two-hour movie. But when we were younger, I mean, I, a lot of my favorite movies, 60 minutes. 70 minutes 70 minutes yeah what movie oh there's some really really bad 80s <laughs> movies that are like 60 70 minutes like an hour like they just were like it's we're like done made for tv 
Yeah, I know, but that's that's what they used to do. Yeah, Max, you got Dune like three hours. I don't. I, want, I, I, I haven't hours. seen it yet. You haven't seen, seen it yet? No, I still have not seen it. It's Dune. the new Star Wars, bro. Uh, according to you, bro, don't bro me on not, the show. Wait, everyone says that. No, you say that. I've seen some negative reviews. Well, because it's three hours long. Right. That's a good reason. And because I've heard it's not good. But whatever. Well, what? I will watch it. I'll give it. An, I'm open-minded Same to words, it. I didn't bro. like the original one. I got to stop saying bro. Beetlejuice, bro. 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 <laughs> Max, welcome <laughs> to the show. Be- welcome, Max. Shut up. Okay. Welcome to the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like just chopping it up. I, I know that you would do. That's all you would do. do. 60 minutes or 70 minutes of just chopping. <laughs> I think people enjoy that. No, you enjoy that. I, it gives me unwavering anxiety <laughs> to give you that much space to just talk. Sometimes I just got to tell you to shut up. And move on. If marshmallows were sentient, <laughs> marshmallows were. Oh man! Before anything else, uh, how about that Tim Capella episode last week? He's the nicest celebrity on the planet Earth. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and per my promise to him and the Redford Theater, I want to remind everyone: Mo and Max, your favorite podcasters, Buzz in the Tower, your favorite podcast, will be at the Redford Theater Friday, November nineteenth. Doors open at seven. Show starts at eight. Serious Moonlight, which is a David Bowie tribute, will have none other than Tim, soon to be Timmy. As soon as we meet him, we can call him Timmy. I thought we were gonna say, "I still believe." I, I still <laughs> believe. I, you know, I should have been a musician. I have such a such a beautiful voice. You are very musically inclined. No, I just, I, I, I really just push it down your throat. No, no pun intended. Like I really, really want to be. In there? Because throat music. Oh, oh Jesus, okay. Max. Come on. Okay, sorry. She rated for God's sake. <laughs> um, no, I just, I really love singing, even though I'm not that good at it. I used to do karaoke all the time and I was terrible. What was your just, go-to song? Oh, Journey. Still believe? Yeah, or, still, no, I still believe. Yeah, yeah no, I still believe my journey. Believe How about Don't Stop Believing? Yeah. There you go. South, you know, there is no South Detroit. Yes, I'm well, don't, you're from Boston. Don't tell me stories about like <laughs> Detroit. Like I don't know them. Yes. <laughs> I really had a lot of fun on the intro episode. So this is kind of like the, the, the reasonable next step. We did that episode. God, it was a good 10 episodes ago. I think, should we do a middle episode? The best middles, no, the creamy no. middle. See, this is why I don't want you on the show anymore. Yeah, it's it's these types of statements where I want to choke you out. I know. Yeah, I know. My half big thoughts come out with you. It's not half big thoughts. You are your funniest when it's like genuine and real. And then you slip down slapstick lane. That's and you just... genuinely something I wanted to do. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, all right no more beating you up the intro episode was a lot of fun because you get into the theater back when people used to go to the theater i still go on monday yeah there you go you get into the theater and you catch that first couple minutes and it just sets the tone yeah. for the entire movie lights down oh. still got some popcorn oh, your teeth don't they, hurt and they just they just fly out with something that grips you endings and there's so much more on the line in my opinion you can overcome a bad intro, you cannot overcome a bad ending. No. I give you the Sopranos. I mean, most of the time we talk about television shows and the end of their series, but it's the same concept. It's a microcosm of all of this. People remember how you end. How you end is your signature of what you did. It's what you walk out of the theater talking about. Precisely. And that's why almost all studios will do ending tests where they're trying to find out specifically, you know, how many times have we talked about a movie where um, Pretty in Pink they changed the entire ending of that movie from her get, ending up with Ducky to her staying with Blaine <laughs> for that exact reason, because it just tested so poorly, right? So endings are a big deal. So we are going to talk about endings today. We're going to talk about our favorite endings. We've split it up by category, uh, which is a little bit different than the first episode, but we're going to cover... Let me yeah, check. Yeah, you screwed me. Well, you're fine. We're going to do our favorite sci-fi slash fantasy film ending. You added the fantasy. Shut your mouth. We're going to do our favorite horror ending, and then we're done doing horror for a while. We have done horror. <laughs> Like the last 10 episodes have been horror related. 
And then we're going to do our favorite comedy ending, drama ending, and then my favorite action. Action endings are the best. I've got lots you of- You think so? I've got a lot of runners up that I'm going to talk about. I think drama is the one that hits the hardest. I don't know. There's some really- You're right. Emotionally, yes. Yeah. Comedy, though. Some comedy endings are are really- I think drama I think endings- comedy's the hardest to end. No, no. See, like comedy endings can really catch you off guard because you're- I'm, I'm sharing too much because okay. we're going to get to what mine is. Before we do anything else, a reminder- 80stees.com is our sponsor. Check out our TikTok. Our TikTok has been blossoming the last few weeks. You've had a couple real uh, yeah, people, zingers. People love Evil Dead and the Outsiders. Yeah, yeah, that's, we got a <laughs> that's ton of viewing. A ton of viewing <laughs> on that. Um, watch for Buzz in the Tower flybys. That's the type of video that we put up on there. Comment, share on any of our videos. Let's expand it. If you comment, share or like any of our TikTok videos and you make us aware of it, we're going to throw you in the raffle. We're going to give out that. We're going to, we're going to contact you. You're going to get that $50 gift card. You're going to live large. That's yeah. how, that's how we like it. That's how we play around. Everyone here. who's gotten a shirt has been so psyched about Very it. Very psyched about it. Uh, and we've got a shirt for Tim to bring to him to the show. I'm excited about that as well. And I've got nothing else to add. Max, how about you? Let's start at the end. Like Let's you said, start at the end. Absolutely. All right. So coming out the gate, I feel good about this sci-fi. I'm going to let you start. Cause that's my, I, yeah. I, for a minute, for a brief minute, I'm like, maybe I'll go first and cut you some slack. I was like, nope. It's nope. like the one time I think you're insecure about yourself. I know. I well, it's I nice. Cause you don't show weakness very often. Well, not to you. Yeah. It's important for me to continue to spray my pheromones and make sure that you understand I am the dominant <laughs> one. You're like an 80s action star. I'm I, like a 2021 TikTok. But I'm like an 80s action star who became Uncle Rico. Like, I'm not in my prime. I'm basically <laughs> saying, hey, respect me, because one time at Nagatomi, I was climbing through the... Yeah, that's it's very different. People now. love Uncle Rico. They do. They do. John Christ. Well, he was my personal favorite as Wolfman and Laszlo. Laszlo's the best. Yeah, Laszlo's really? the best. And Men in Black. We're just rehashing yeah. old information. We're so brilliant. People are like, how do they know this? Because we've talked about this in a number of episodes. I'm so. sick of you. I know. I know. I'm sick of you. I'm sick of this. I, I'm quitting the show tonight. I'm Live quitting? No. If I quit, I'm going out hard in a ball of flame. So you start. We're going to go sci-fi fantasy. Before you give me your choice. I feel like you probably have at least one or maybe two runners up and I'm confident you're not going to have mine. So what are your runners up? Tease me. This is what they call a tease in the game. So sci-fi in general, it's kind of a negative ending. You want something weird. You want something strange. It's not like that positive note a comedy has for the most part. And I thought that's what I was going to pick. I thought Terminator would have been great. She's in the Jeep. She's getting ready for her life. And she just killed the T-800. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, I, here... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because that's what sci-fi should be. Yeah, I for so for when I think of like an ending, right, an amazing ending, it's a holy, you know what moment ending, mm. either emotionally, either surprise. By the way, where I would give you this one is Terminator Two, not in the eighties. Terminator Two's ending, the thumbs it, up, the thumbs up, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's like that is a like, that is a top overall genre ending for me. I might be tying. My T1 love from the T2 start. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it like picks up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Oh, cool. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. But that's not, but my that's not one you picked. Yeah, no. so I'm beating you up over nothing. All right, continue, continue. I want more fun. Ghostbusters, 1984. Oh, that's... <laughs> it's ham sandwich. I can't believe you're counting this as a sci-fi movie. What do you mean? It's, you said it's, fantasy, it's, too? It's, it's comedy. Fantasy. It's comedy. <laughs> I'll allow it because the ending is wonderful. It's an amazing ending. It's so feel-good. Oh, you rarely, it's great. You rarely get that in a sci-fi movie. Start talking about it before I hijack so, this and talk over you. So three fired parapsychologists, that's yeah, that right? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Set up a ghost removal service in New York City. Mm -hmm. Hilarity ensues. 
<laughs> I mean, you got Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, Sigourney Weaver. And at this point, they've defeated the State Puff Marshmallow Man. I think that's why I said marshmallow before. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Gozer is dead. Gozer uh, the Gozerian? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was like a Ukrainian gymnast, apparently. They picked at the last minute. Sure. Yeah. So Dana and Lewis are saved. Winston shouts out, I love this town. Yeah. And then they're covered in marshmallow goo. And finally, it's daylight. Cue the Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbuster music. Sure. sure. Bill Murray's. The most Bill Murray I've ever seen. Oh, in my he's life. he's he's eating the crowd. He literally the whole the reason that I agree with you in the end of this movie is so great is that every single one of them it feels more like a documentary than a movie. It, they're just talking with the people of New York. Yeah, that's that's not. I don't even think it's acting. This is just they're having a blast. They're having fun. Yeah. Remember the shooting of this was huge. People were losing their minds over the sets and everything. So so we talked about Ghostbusters a long time ago. I don't remember what episode do, twenty. Yeah. Well, look at you. Definitely, definitely yeah. episode 20. Yeah. And remember how we learned that they didn't originally have the name Ghostbusters? Ghost Smashers. Yeah, right? but they are hyping up the crowd and yeah. they're all cheering Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. And that's what Murray would go out there and, you know. Accurate. Accurate. Thank you. I <laughs> can't even speak English right now. And th that New York crowd, I mean, that was like legit. So it doesn't surprise me at all Yeah, that, it's a, it's that it was so fun New to York, watch. Which yeah. is strange. You know, you don't usually get that. And also, Bill Murray, I just want to break this down. So he's falling in the crowd. Dana's smiling by his side and he kind of wiggles down his neck for a kiss in this kind of like goofy, like I'm charming and I'm smiley. Then he puts his hand through his imaginary hair as like a victory lap. And it just gets me every time. And finally, you know how you said you were freaked out by Predator until the end when they show the credits and people's names like Dan Aykroyd. Well, let's, let's be clear. I wouldn't say I was freaked out. I was like 11 years old when I saw no, it. You yeah. know, I'm no Max Sanders. I'm freaked out all the You're time. You're freaked out by everything all the time. But this yes. is 11 year old you. Yeah. yeah. But when they put like their names and everything at the end and they're smiling, Dan Aykroyd's got the cigarette from his lip and uh, Egon's hugging Janine. Yeah, yeah. It's just nice. All right. All right. Yeah. And also the car goes off and you're just like, yeah, what about number two? You see Slimer. So oh, yeah, you do. Slimer at the very end before yeah. it goes to credits. You're right. You're right. Uh, it's a great pick. I have no I have no complaint. I will reserve my criticisms of you until there's such a time when they are uh, fair. There you go. <laughs> you ready? Also, Slimer Slime was Chinese cornstarch. There you go. Food Thanks. starch. My yeah. backup is kind of lame, but I, all right. I'm not going to I'm not going to be self-critical. My backup is Empire Strikes Back. That's an awesome one. It is. It is. But it's, it's not. So it's not because of the scene. Well, the you, scene. Right. The reveal no, that it's a spot or cloud city. And that's all. not even why it's it's the even sillier. With it? It's it's the very, very end when they're on the medical ship and he's laying down he can and, and he's getting his fingers pricked yeah. and the you can see the inside of his arm. It's so cool. And you got Landau with Chewie going yeah. to look for uh, Bubba Fett. And Han. I love that Lando always calls him Han. Like, Princess, we're going to go find Han. Everybody else says Han. He says Han. He's the coolest dude in the He universe. is the coolest guy. Just a Colt 45 away from being my hero. So they hop in the Millennium Falcon. They take off. And you just see, at this point, you don't know. But you see the brother and sister, R2 and C3PO, just looking out that window. And it's... Bum, ba -dum, ba -dum, ba -dum, da -da. I just yeah. I love that ending. My number one choice, I cannot believe that you didn't pick my number one choice. My number one choice is the never-ending story. <sighs> If you don't listen to our show and you don't know how many times I make fun of Max for literally being Bastion riding Falcor going, yeah, yeah, the end of this movie is just pure childhood gold. Never ending story directed by Wolfgang Peterson. Bastion is a young boy who lives a dreary life. And that's an understatement, by the way. His mom has died and his dad is a prick. Who's drinking weird salmonella. Weird, weird salmonella. Yeah, egg orange juice smoothies. <laughs> um, he's being tormented by school bullies. And on one such occasion, 
He escapes into a bookstore where he meets the old proprietor who reveals an ancient storybook to him. I love the fact that this whole movie is just about this kid getting picked on who loves reading. So he takes the storybook. He goes to school. He sneaks out, finds this like little attic. And as he's reading, he is experiencing the never ending story. So this fantasy land is being destroyed by the nothing, the terrifying nothing. It's really scary. It's really scary. And this whole thing is about imagination and whatever. I don't want to talk yeah, about believing yourself. Let me get to the end of the movie, which is uh, by the way, this is this entire episode for anyone who's been bullied is a giant yeah, spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> That's what we should have mentioned. This entire episode is literally a giant spoiler. If someone's alert. listening to an episode about conclusions. Yeah. We, we don't want to jump to conclusions. Oh, do God. you? All right. Sorry. There you go. Are you doing, is that office space? Yeah. Okay. You haven't seen Office Space? Yeah. How would I know that if I didn't say Office Space? Because the joke has been made before. All right. So Stapler. Bastion, at the end of this movie, in order to save Fantasia, he only has to do one thing. The childlike empress needs a new name. But for him to give her that name, he has to realize that the fourth, fifth, and sixth wall have been broken and that he's in this imaginary scenario. Yep. He's already watched Artax die, the horse, which is the most awful thing ever. Why do you have to bring it up? Don't, because it would be, all right, I'm just fine, fine. So Fantasia is wasted away to virtually nothing. And finally, he says, fine, fine, I'll give you the name. And he opens the doors and he runs up there and screams. And you don't know what it is, but thank God for the internet because we can search it. And it's Larry. It's, it's, it's the one time that was funny. Don't do that. I hate what you did. That was actually really funny. Larry. Larry. Jesus. That, I got to take a deep breath. You derailed me. I did it. Moonchild. Yeah. So he yells Moonchild and he is, he, everything goes quiet and he's there with Moonchild, AKA the childlike empress who is holding one grain of sand. That's all that's left of Fantasia Max. And she gives it to him and all he has to do is make wishes to make everything come back to normal. And so he makes the wishes. And the best part about it is that as he's doing this, Fantasia comes back and he's riding on Falcor. And as he's riding on Falcor, he sees the rock biter, teeny weeny, the night hob, Art Artax and Atreyu are back. No, way. A lot. I don't remember you don't that. remember that? No. Yeah, they're back. He okay. goes, Artax, Atreyu. Oh, okay. But then, because he's on he's on Falcor, who's yeah. the best. And Falcor, what would you like to wish for next? Beat up the bullies. <laughs> and they go after the bullies. <laughs> and you see this roar. <laughs> and then he's in the real world going after these bullies that threw him in a dumpster at the beginning of the movie. And now he's like, yeah. <laughs> and he throws them in the dumpster. And it's like the best ending ever to a movie. And then the narrator at the very end, at the very, very conclusion, you hear the narrator say, Bastion made many other wishes and many other amazing adventures before he finally returned to the ordinary world. But that's another story. And you know what happens right after that? You hear, turn around. <laughs> it's a great song. It's a great song. Before that, the song is great, too. That's the score that basically from the movie. So we <laughs> that is my favorite sci-fi fantasy ending for it's sure. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Uh, and that takes us over to horror. Have we talked about enough horror films? <laughs> I'm so scared. You're already so scared. I see dead people. Uh, so I still that's would. That's a good ending. I, I know. That's just literally just about <laughs> to say like, so Sixth Sense, um, Silence of the Lambs, which I consider usual a suspects. horror film. Usual Suspect. These are, is Usual Suspects a horror film? No, no. I was doing great endings. No, I was, I was talking horror film. That's a great ending. Seven. What's yeah. in the box? Oh, oh God. God. Those, those are great. So I watched it the other day. You did? Yeah. You would just casually watch that movie. I had my girlfriend watch it and she's like, yeah, it was good. I'm like, it was good. And I like shook her. I was like, let's talk about specific scenes. It's great that you just tell people you shake your girlfriend. You didn't really shake her. Just so everybody knows Max didn't she's not shake a baby. Her. <laughs> you're just on fire tonight. <laughs> Max, you're up. What do you got? Who are your backups for a horror film? 
I'm sorry. The, she was not a baby, really. You really got me twice tonight. Larry and she's not a baby really got me. Larry and the she's not a baby. Yes. Did I ever tell you that's a great name for a band? Did I ever tell you that my favorite, the, my favorite part of the John Hughes film, She's Having a Baby with Kevin Bacon? No. Is there is a song that Bruce and I would always make fun of that is pretty close to, oh, she's having a baby. And it's like ripped right from the name of it. And I don't know who sings it, but I always, when I hear she's having a baby, I just hear, oh, she's having a baby. That should be our theme song next year when we redo our intro. That's great. That's yeah. great. I'll, I'll, I'll note it. It's in my notes. <laughs> Quatu. Barata. Oh, she's having a baby. All right, Max, what do you got? What are your backups Back for up. horror film? A Nightmare on Elm Street. It's just classic. It is. The car comes up and you're like, okay, this isn't going to end. Yeah. Yeah. It's just terrifying. Yeah. But, I mean, technically they're all still alive. Johnny Depp could have came back. Still yeah. could. How great would that be? Oh my God. If they got him in the next one. If he was like the grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. He'd probably yeah. want to play the kids still. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I can still do it. All right. What's your pick? Child's play. Oh, that's a good one. It's so fun. I can't believe you like Child's Play. Child's Play is like mildly terrifying, and it's like you dig it. You brought it up a lot of times on the show. Cutesy and kid stuff that freaks you out doesn't freak me out in the yeah, same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, true. I haven't seen Children of the Corn yet, so God help me. Children of the Corn's good. You need to see that. It will freak me out. Uh, Child's Play. I don't know. I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> so a murderer uses voodoo. Uh, by the way. That you do. That voodoo. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm in a singing kind of mood tonight. Is that what it's like to deal with me? Yes. Okay. Got it. So. Voodoo needs to be more in more movies. It's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, talk to Steven Seagal. Remember, uh, oh God, is it marked for death? Yeah, marked for death. I haven't seen it. Oh, that whole movie is literally like him going after like a voodoo uh, king or something. Awesome. It's yeah. not. It's totally into that. It's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So, so he gets killed by a cop. Sure. He puts his soul into a buddy's doll. Yeah. Yeah. And the doll gets picked up by a kid and he starts killing all the people who wronged him in his life. And it's terrifying. I don't know. It's terrifying, but it's fun. It's hard to explain to people that this child, this child's doll, is killing people. Like no one's believing the mom. That's, that is the, that is a classic theme. Yeah, no one believes us. Of kids, any teenagers and younger, right? Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. No, no, you're nuts. There's no Freddy Krueger. Like, like no. There's ten people just died in my school in the last week. Maybe you could hear what I'm saying. Right? Yeah, that's what gives you the anxiousness. You're like, yeah. come on, believe them. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I know what's going on. <laughs> so by this point. At the end, Detective Norris, who's on the case, realizes Chucky is the soul of Charles Lee Ray. and Named after Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and something Ray, who was maybe the guy who assassinated Martin Luther King. Yeah. I, think, I remember. I remember. That, that always depresses me. Yeah, the whole thing is. But that's, that's what they named him after. Yeah, yeah. At this point, the mom, Karen, is defending Andy, her son. Mm -hmm. And Chucky is just letting loose. He's using a bat. He's slicing tendons with a knife, full facial expression and rage in his face. And like, you haven't seen much of him moving or like getting after it. Right. And now you get the full kind of tour de force of Chucky. Sure. They finally trap him in the fireplace and he's going bonkers. You know what I mean? He's trying, he's trying to get out. It's definitely a, it's a, it's the real body double in this point. Right. It's not like a mechanical thing. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, oh my God. And I suspect that, like I said, I think I told you this before, they were they would take a lot of items in the room and they would make them larger so they could scale the body double size down. So yeah. they probably had a fireplace that was five times the size of a normal one and then a, a normal size person in there. For our memorabilia, I want that now, the fireplace. Oh, the Chucky's Chuck fireplace, just go. a giant it's one. Great. It's great. <laughs> so finally, they got him trapped in the fireplace. He calms down. He goes, Andy, no, please. We are friends to the end, remember? Friends to the end. I forgot how to <laughs> friends to the end. And Andy goes, this is the end, friend. Lights him on fire. And that's not even how it ends, though. Like, Chucky, all charcoaled and barbecued up, is chasing after them. Karen uses him for target practice with, like, a Magnum 357. Yeah. Takes his leg off, takes his right hand off. 
His right hand gets removed in all three movies, too. I didn't know that. Isn't, oh, that, isn't that just random? It's a max fact I've ever heard one. <laughs> so Crispy Chucky, is. they think he's dead finally. The detective's partner, Jack, comes in. And he's like, ah, you guys are crazy. What are you talking about? Chucky's severed hand comes in and chokes his, chokes his neck out. And finally, they get rid of it all. You see the one crystal eye of Chucky, you know, kind of like glaze over and it's over. And it's not over. <laughs> Andy looks back and, and it's really bad editing from all the TikTok stuff I've done. I've actually learned to appreciate editing and this is awful. He looks back quickly and they just freeze frame it, cut it. And that's the end of the movie. And that's your favorite. It's funny. It's 80s. Max, you ignorant. You know what? All right, listen, it's not a bad pick. It's not. The, there's only one pick. What? And you and I have talked about this before. And there's only one pick. It's the thing. Oh, that's really that's good. the only pick you could possibly put for horror film sci-fi. I tried to just go- kidding on sci-fi, just horror <laughs> film. <laughs> now I'm sounding like you. I don't even have a backup on this one. I felt so strong about the thing that I just left it at this. So this John Carpenter gem. John Carpenter, woo! Yeah, shout we need out. a John Carpenter episode. We do. Uh, it's five hours. It, long. It's about a, a U.S. research station in Antarctica, early winter of 1982. The base is suddenly buzzed by a helicopter from the nearby Norwegian research station. They're trying to kill a dog that has escaped from their base. So weird. So weird. After the destruction of the Norwegian helicopter, the members of the U.S. team fly to the Norwegian base only to discover they are all dead or missing. In addition to them finding the base, they find this tomb that's been on Earth, the spaceship stuff. The dog is back at their area um, and just infesting people with the thing. And paranoia, anxiety. They haven't slept. It's a little bit of psychological thriller it's a lot of that, sci-fi yeah, you're right it's it's all those different elements you don't know who is the bad guy so this thing can take the shape or form of any biological living being it doesn't seem to understand that the other people are freaked out by it do you know what i mean like it's this weird you don't understand the intelligence level of the symbiote right and it starts off as being the one the dog moves from being the dog to being the humans so you have this whole thing going back and forth the entire movie you don't know who it is kurt russell's fantastic in this like Best I, beard I, ever. I, yeah i love kurt russell in this so and <laughs> firmly so kurt russell and keith david keith yes. david is great he's great uh, they live, um, the president, the from president yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> um, this entire movie builds up to this climax where, you know, Kurt Russell throws the stick of dynamite at the end yep. and kills the thing, or at least we think they do. And you're left with nothing at that point. And then all of a sudden Childs, who's disappeared earlier, comes out of nowhere and looks at Kurt Russell and says, you the only one who made it. And Kurt Russell's like, well, where were you? And the two of them have this like standoff. They're sitting with each other and they basically decide as they look into each other's beaten eyes, right? I mean, they've had the crap kicked out of them that even if one of them were the thing, there's nothing they could do about it. So they're just going to wait it out. Yeah. And they hand each other. I think Kurt Russell hands uh child's uh, fifth of whiskey. I want to say it's whiskey. So have you heard the Reddit thoughts on this? I know you told me there's all different types of like. There's a theory that there was gasoline in the bottle. So it's like when Keith David took a sip, it was showing that he didn't understand what it was. So oh, he knew. Yeah. all right. Yeah. Yeah. But how did they, that's, that's, that's a stretch. What, I mean, what supports that? <laughs> that's, that's a big stretch. All right. Yeah. Anyways, I love this movie right when they have that kind of moment with each other, right? Their entire dialogue back and forth with each other is great. I think uh child says the fire's got the temperature up all over the camp. It won't last long. And the response, neither will we. And, <laughs> How will we make it? Maybe we shouldn't. I mean, like, yeah. it's just this thriller, this high energy, and it's just the two of them sitting there staring at each other. It's how creepy sci-fi should be done. I'm shocked you didn't pick it, but then again, this is who you are. <laughs> just disappointing. Left UHF. God, UHF. There you go. How did, uh, how did that movie end? Max, let's slide over to comedy. <laughs> oh, and, uh, I could have picked UHF. You could have. That's not a particularly great ending. I don't even remember. They go to the studio and then... I don't know. I, it's, it's <laughs> Twinkie been, dogs. There you go. There you go. Uh, Max, what are your backups for comedy? I went Say Anything. 
Because you treat say anything as a comedy more as a drama. To do? It's not a drama. It's funny. It's yeah. a it's a teen rom com. Right? All, right, all, right, yeah. all right, all right, all right, yeah. Or Footloose, just dancing. Footloose, I got <laughs> say anything's great. I always on the plane. It's like you've well, been there before. And that scene has stayed with me because I always think about that. Because you know my wife hates to fly, and like I always think about when you hear the seatbelt light yeah. beep. I Ding. always think of yeah, say anything. <laughs> All right, so go ahead, Max. What is your choice for favorite comedy ending, uh, 1980s? So can you like something ironically? Do you know what I mean? Like You, know you it- can do whatever you want. Okay. I am constantly disappointed by what you do, so go ahead. Because the 80s sometimes, they didn't hadn't figured out endings really that well. Think about it. There's not that many surprise endings, not that many gotchas. I, I disagree with everything you're saying. You think so? Yes. Okay. But go ahead. Okay. But... <laughs> I kind of like the family sitcom ending. The okay. freeze frame just randomly. It's sure. like on the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went Mr. Mom. Oh, all right. Yeah. You man. see, I think what you ended up doing in this episode, and there's nothing wrong with this. This is just who you are. You have a lot of trouble separating movies you love from segments on our show. Like you love Mr. Mom. This is a great ending. I know, but you love Mr. Mom. Well, it's great because it's so bad. I know, but that's like, it's not a great ending. You can love things for being terrible. I might. We had a guilty, we've done two guilty pleasure episodes. But this isn't a guilty pleasure episode. It's a guilty pleasure ending. It's not a guilty (sighs) pleasure. Yeah. So. Howard the Duck is a guilty pleasure ending. (laughs) How does that, how does that end? His. Uh, what's her face's oh, she's on stage. band yeah, yeah. playing Howard yeah, yeah. the Duck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That is the worst ending <laughs> in the worst film ever made. Quiet. <laughs> it's obviously Labyrinth. <laughs> you piece of. <laughs> Say Labyrinth is the worst film made again. See what happens to you. So Michael Keaton is playing Jack Butler, laid off from his job as an engineer for a Detroit car company. Heck yeah. And he switches to homemaker while his wife goes to work for an Seamlessly average- switches yeah. to homemaker. He does not seamlessly. Hilarity know, ensues. Again. There's a lot of hilarity. Fish out of water. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's like trouble with the vacuum that chases him. There's like, he gets into soap operas. He plays poker with the girls. He has to deal with his son and his whoopee. It's just cute, endearing. I love the Eye of the Tiger montage yep. too. Really great. Mm-hmm. But like I said, this is the best example of how they had no clue to end movies in the 80s sometimes. Yeah, that's my whole point. What you <laughs> did you, you made this generalization like there's some really amazingly ended movies. You just picked a crappy ending and then said 80s movies don't know how to end movies. Like you make this blanket statement that's absurd. <laughs> Go, but continue. You're doing great. You're doing so great. So Jack thinks his wife Caroline cheated on him with her boss Ron. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not the case. So, But he's upset. He's arguing with her in their bedroom. The doorbell rings. His old boss comes back. Wants him back for the job. Needs him back. And the kids are running around. Ron comes to apologize for making a pass at Caroline. Just a lot of weird stuff going on. The Schooner Tuner ad that she produced is going on in the background. You know, everyone knows that ad too. It's like an extra 50 cents off while this economic downturn has happened. Mm-hmm. What economic downturn happened in 83? You know, you are now 45 minutes into talking no, about not. a mediocre ending <laughs> on a mediocre movie. The TV repair girl's there. The basement dude is there who's fixing the washer dryer, yep, I guess. Yep. <laughs> Jack punches Ron in the face. Sure. And you have no idea what they've agreed on, but they all get together as a family on the stoop while Ron's arguing or having an in-depth conversation with the washer dryer and TV repair girl. Freeze frame. That's it. It's campy. It's light. It's cotton candy. Great work, Max. Thanks. Shut up. We're moving right along. Not everything needs to be brain surgery. No, it's all right, man. You did great. Would you, I'm about to not only dominate this category, which I'm now making competitive because I feel like I need to stoke your competitive juices. My backups all murder yours as well. Uh, Teen Wolf. 
taking that shot at the end of the game, and then the, the song uh, "Shooting for the Moon" by Amy Holland kicks in. That's clearly a sports movie. Yeah, but it's a comedy. Obviously, <laughs> it's a sports biopic. Uh, Trading Places. Trading Places is almost my number one, and it was hard for me not to pick it. Just the end when it's like a hundred, hundred, buy, buy, sell. To this day, you and I don't understand how this works and how they made all that money on frozen concentrate orange juice, but they did. Is that the ending though, or is it the end? I'm not at the ending yet. I'm the teasing. On the just island. relax. I'm getting to the okay. island. I'm just I'm leading you in, okay. leading you in with it. Fine. Do you know what the number was where it says last call? The number that made them all their money? It's no. tw- 29. Remember that? Last call 29. Okay. That should be the name of a band. Last call 29. <laughs> I mean, the, the Mortimers, the Mortimers. Uh, <laughs> That's his first name. Thank you. Uh, Mortimer, the Mortimer, the Dukes, Mortimer, and oh my God, uh, Randolph. It took me a second. Yeah. Randolph and Mortimer are basically freaking out. Randolph's having a heart attack on the floor. Uh, Mortimer, who's played by Don Amici, which, which is great. Turn the machines on. <laughs> Turn them on. <laughs> so yeah, the end of that movie is amazing. They're on the beach. And you're like, looking good, Billy Ray. Yeah. Feeling good, Lewis. That's incredible. <laughs> Jamie Lee in a bathing suit, yeah. too. I'll throw in there, too, National Lampoon Vacation when uh, they go over to Wally World and they ride all the rides. Oh, yeah. And the owner, that's, yeah. All of these are better than yours, but they're not even the best one. Vacation's a really good one. Vacation's a really good one. Are you ready for the best one? What? Are you ready? Now, I'm going to warn you right now. If you knock this movie, I'm going to punch you in the face. Okay. Because you've knocked it too many times. I'm also setting this up as a teaser. I'm laying down my authority. We are doing a full episode on this in honor of Thanksgiving. I think you know where I'm going. If you say Goonies, I'm going to jump off a bridge. Why would I do a full episode in honor of Thanksgiving about the Goonies? Help uh, me with that. Friendship and thanking. Goonies? Feeling grateful. Thanksgiving. That's what I oh, think of. planes and trains. They're planes and trains? Yeah. How about planes, <laughs> trains, and automobiles, Max? The end of that movie is one of the most beautiful amazing endings to a film ever, let alone it's in a comedy. Whoa. I put it against anything. You sound like me. Yeah. Blanket yeah. <laughs> this is a, a John Hughes gem. 1987, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. All that Neil Page wants to do is to get home for Thanksgiving, Max. That's all he wants to do. His flight has been canceled due to bad weather, so he decides on other means of transport. As well as bad luck, Neil is blessed with the presence of Del Griffith. Shower curtain ring salesman and all around blabbermouth who is never short of advice, conversation, bad jokes, or company. This is to me, I don't understand why you don't love this film. I actually understand, even though I like Goonies more than this movie, I understand more you being like meh about the Goonies than I do about this film. I've broken down the psychology that I love John Candy in the likable role. For 75% of this movie, he's irritable, annoying, and the pester guy. No. It's you're not that, rooting for John but Candy. But what you're, that's not, it's not even a good enough excuse. The Avatar Steve Martin. St- but the bottom line is, is that their relationship with each other, the humor, the touch, and, and then the way it ends. So let's get to the ending. So they go on this whole adventure with each other. The buffoonery of Dell puts them in this situation where- He almost kills them in a car. Right. Not to mention the fact that this has been sampled. This was- Tommy Boy. This is their road trip. Like this has been sampled by so many people, right? Yeah. This is a great movie. Midnight Run. And and by the way, it is the single best Thanksgiving movie that I can think of. Yeah, because albeit there aren't a lot. There's not any. Now there's you know what? There's a Thanksgiving movie with uh Vince Vaughn that I like and I can't remember. Four Christmases? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not a Thanksgiving oh. movie, apparently. No, you're right. I I'm wrong. Yeah. It's four Christmases, <laughs> so never mind. <laughs> well, you really deflated my balloon on that one, but you are correct. The end of this movie, they get pulled over, their car is melted, they have they they hitch a ride on the Ashkenagan cheese truck. It's a big truck that's got a like cow on the side and it says Ashkenagan Good cheese. Research. I feel like that's not research. I just watched the movie. <laughs> um, it gets them to the last transit that they're on and they're saying goodbye to each other and it all starts to click, right? Neil, as he's leaving, 
starts having flashbacks of all of his interactions with Dell. And there's this beautiful song being played in the background and it starts to click that he's got no family, that he's got nowhere to go. So he decides he stays on the tram. He comes back. He goes right up to him and says, you know, why are you still here? What are you doing? And he reveals that his wife has been dead for six or eight years. Yeah. And it's just this, like, it's everything that I love about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my number one favorite holiday. You love it. Because think about it, right? Hanukkah, Christmas, there's all this religious connotation that exists around all holidays, except when you get to Thanksgiving. And quite frankly, for Thanksgiving, all you're really celebrating is being with friends and family. That's yeah, it. Okay. And eating a lot of food. Yep. Two things I enjoy and doing. Football. And football. I mean, Max, you're speaking my language. <laughs> football, friends, food. You fry the, a mean turkey. The three turkey. F's, I do fry a mean turkey. Add a fourth F because of the fried turkey. <laughs> And the scene then cuts to, uh, I think it's Hall and Oates playing like, yeah, everywhere, you know, that's awesome. I think it is. I could be wrong, but they're carrying the big trunk. It is an iconic shot. Oh, and then they meet meet the family and it's just like, oh, okay. So anyways, we're doing a great, we're doing a whole episode on planes, trains, and automobiles for Thanksgiving. So you better get ready. You better, you better get ready to appreciate this movie or I will do the show by myself. And that's the Thanksgiving spirit. I'm going to Ebenezer Scrooge the show and I'm going to do it by myself if you don't like this. I don't like John Candy with a mustache either. God, come on. He's got the Jerry curl Come on, going. Max. <laughs> uh, and Steve Martin as a grouch is not fun. Max, this is a perfect time to take a commercial break because I need to compose myself because I'm, I'm very upset about how you feel about this movie. <laughs> would, exactly. So let's hear from our sponsors right now. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Capsiva Pain Relieving Gel. And I can tell you that if you're sitting at a table across from a guy who has to go to the bathroom every 25 minutes, you're going to get arthritis. You're going to get muscle soreness, psoriasis. Um, Capsiva is all natural. It's okay. Capsiva is all natural and designed to increase blood flow for the healing and pain relief process. Uh, Try it for free at capsiva.com. That's C-A-P-S-I-V-A.com. And, uh, you know, Max, I'm an old man and I need this kind of stuff. It works. It's, it's, it's great stuff. Yeah, it's like Wilford Brimley in Cocoon. You know what I mean? It's, you feel revitalized. It, that's exactly what it's like. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Lindsay Larravee Photography. Uh, if you have checked out our website, hopefully you have. You've seen the amazing photos that were put up there. Lindsay, so good. Yeah, Lindsay and her team did all of those. She teased my hair. She was, she was fun to work with. Uh, just made the whole experience really exciting for us. She has been taking photos of families, children, and smiles in Metro Detroit since 2017. Um, She loves what she does, and it shows. She works with her clients, catches everything in the moment, and adores watching the connections and relationships unfold in front of her lens. If you mention Buzz in the Tower, you get $25 off any family session in 2021. You can find Lindsay on our website under our sponsors page. Uh, Check her up and get some work done. She is fantastic. Yeah, she made us look good. She can make anyone look good. And we're back. No more planes, no more trains, a couple automobiles. God, I hate you so much. (laughs) I hope you have Thanksgiving by yourself. I Uh, am, actually. Good. Come to my house. No. Why? You have kids. It's okay. My kids love you. I know. I like your kids. They think you're like some weird clown that doesn't wear makeup. It's great. Jesus. I'm sorry. Hey, kids, it's Sideshow Bob. <laughs> I'd like to be Sideshow Bob. He's elegant. I know you. You got the feet. You have big feet. I do. Oh, man. Where are we going with this? Drama. Yeah. Hit me, Max. Backups. So, backup. Want to have a catch, Dad? Field of Dreams. Oh, Gets me every time. Crash, but you love Field of Dreams. Well, it, it's all building up to that moment. Yeah. And it's just nice and sweet. And How does that not be your... How is that not your favorite? I'm kind of curious what you pick for your favorite. The, 
I don't know. It doesn't resonate. It doesn't make me feel. I don't know. Is, I don't, it, is, it, is it because of your total lack of athleticism? Like you can't connect with it. Like your dad and you would never be playing. You'd be, I would like, okay about Dad, come look at the stocks with me. Let's go sit down and take a look at the stocks. <laughs> dad, you want to look at the index report? Take a look at my portfolio, pops. <laughs> Jesus, that's great. That'd be a great combo movie, like Wall Street meets Field of Dreams. Yeah, there you go. Why is there not a father-son stock movie? I don't know, because nobody wants to see that. Billions? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, God. When is that back on? Uh, February. Oh, God. I Thank you for turning me on to Billions. so good. I I have to give you credit. What is Billions and Rick and Morty and Breaking Bad are the three shows that you you staked our friendship on it. You're like, you need to watch these. And I was, you're 100% right. I swung and missed with Justified. Yeah, I did not like Justified. So annoyed by that. I'm sorry. Okay. okay, drama. This one was my number one. If I had like to categorize all five of these, yeah, yeah. this was my number one pick. Ooh. So every time I finish this movie, it's the only movie I watch the entire credit sequence, you know, like all the names and all, yeah, yeah. while I'm dancing and just bopping around. Stand by me. Oh, Stand by me is a great, 1986. Oh, a great one. Something about that ending is so cathartic and just like real to life. But first the movie. So after the death of one of his childhood friends, a writer recounts a childhood journey with his Friends. Shoot. (laughs) It's the same word. Uh, It's okay. Where where they see a dead body. We're keeping all this. I, know, I, know. I am keeping all this. This is this is a little behind the scenes of when your brain has a stroke. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'll use the same word twice. Mo edits like 70% of what I say. I, it's incredible how much of this I pull out. This one sits for sure. So Gordy, Chris, Teddy, Vern, and they go on this incredible adventure. Like they almost get hit by a train. They're standing up to the bullies who have a knife and there's a storytelling camping. They get hit with leeches and there's a lot of realizations about friends and family. It's a very serious. We've talked about this movie a lot. We it's, love a, it. it's an incredible movie and it's Stephen King and it's, it's oh God, he is such an amazing storyteller. I believe this is, isn't this the one that made Stephen King cry and said, this is the best realization of any work he's ever done. Rob Reiner showed him like a test screener of yeah, it yeah. and Stephen King left left before the movie was over and went outside and Rob Ryan's like, did I screw up? What happened? And Stephen King was so overcome with emotion. He's like, you nailed my, my you nailed my book. Because this was real close to him. Like this was like Stephen he's, King's. He's Gordy. Yeah. He's right, a storyteller. Right, right, yeah. So anyways, the end, they get back to town. They're changed. And Richard Dreyfus, who has a great voiceover voice, just goes, I already know what you're going to read. The quote, the one thing about like. No, 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 no not that yet. So they right. say see in junior high. And he goes, as time went on, we saw less and less of Teddy and Vern. And the badums of Stand By Me by Ben E. King start to hit. And you're like, okay, all right, what's going on? And they just become two faces in the hall. I, I, I cut you off because one thing that I love that this movie does is that they take what you refer to as the badums, yeah, which is amazing. <laughs> um, the whole song "Stand by Me" is kind of mutated and adapted into the score for the entire film, yeah. And then it's at the end of the film that you first hear it for the first time. Oh my god, I love that. I believe, yeah. Don't quote me on that. But it's I'm what they do in plays. Sure. Like yeah, they yeah. give you overtones that you're going to pick up on later. You go to a lot of plays. That. Couple. All right. I went I to Hamilton. Know. All right, good. You went to Hamilton? Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's <laughs> incredible. You went to, you're so cultured. It's incredible. Uh, I went to the Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> Live? Really? Live. No, Max. Oh. I, God. I don't know. Jesus. All right. Continue. I mean, so they find out Chris became a lawyer and he walked into a fast food restaurant. Someone pulled a knife, stabbed his throat instantly died yeah and he fades from the screen you just murdered what happened like he was intervening in a fight between two people in a diner sure that's an important help okay whatever i don't know you're, you're the, 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 butcher, <laughs> the what do they call what's his name in uh in um the running man what's schwarzenegger's name the the bakerfield butcher like you're 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 the story butcher i'm michael senna from ant-man there you go yeah remember i, tell yes, stories? I do yeah. remember <laughs> so 
He fades. He fades. That's really good. <laughs> That's good. Larry and she's having a baby. And and this, it's really good. So young Chris fades from screen when they say this. Dreyfus is on his computer. His kids come to him and want to go play. And on the computer screen, without a voiceover, you see the typing. It's that green kind of old school Mac typing. Although I hadn't seen him in more than 10 years, I know I'll miss him forever. I never had any friends later on like the ones I had when I was 12. Jesus, does anyone? And he has his hand in his pockets. He's like, well, I just created a masterpiece. Yeah. And he goes outside to play with his kids. Yeah. And like kind of start the cycle of like connection all over again. And then the song comes on and I can't help but dance in my room. And I can't dance. Yeah. And I'll just start. We are. We are aware you can't dance. Yeah. It just it's it makes me happy. Sad. It's a really good pick. Yeah. (laughs) I felt really strong about mine. I still do. Yours is really good. Um, Let me give you my backups. The Outsiders. The end when he's reading the note. Oh, that yeah. was left from him. Uh, that was left for him it's by right, yeah. uh, Ralph Macchio. It's like Ralph Macchio's best acting performance. It was actually, incredible, right? and it, it talks about what "stay golden" means. Yeah. and it's like you know, and you know, like sunrises. You know, you stay golden, Pony Boy. That, and, and then it cuts to like him turning that into his paper that he wrote, and it his starts mantra, it all over. Basically. Yeah, it's it's really really good. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, but my pick, ah, Max. Th- this is. What did I just say less than five minutes ago? I said I thought it was like the best ending of all films ever. Planes, well, trains. Planes, trains. You didn't I, I, have to, I have to immediately rescind that. You didn't think. You I have to immediately rescind that. You got on top of a mountain with I did. You're right. I'm sorry. It's be- <laughs> because I feel like I have to defend that movie because you don't like it. Yeah, that's fair. This ending... This ending is my favorite cinematic ending to any film. What? It's This is my personal favorite cinematic ending to any film. Hit me. And it's because I'm emotional and because I miss this guy. Dead Poet Society. Oh, yeah, that's that's moving. That is a that is a bombshell of an ending. It's just perfect. In the autumn of 1959, shy Todd Anderson begins his junior year of high school at the Welton Academy, an all-male elite prep school in Vermont. Thank God you and I never went to a school like this, Max. <laughs> We would not have done well. He is assigned one of Welton's most promising students, Neil Perry, as his roommate and meets Neil's friends, Knox Overstreet, Richard Cameron, Stephen Meeks, Gerald Pitts, and Charlie Dalton. Important to know this because they all become the Dead Poet Society. Round two. <laughs> On the first day of classes. What? Ron said the first I know, one. I know. On the first day of classes, they are surprised by the unorthodox teaching methods of the new English teacher, John Keating. Is this Robin Williams' best role ever? Good morning, Vietnam. No, no, Good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. I don't know. I like this more. <laughs> does, does the genie count? Yeah, he was great in Aladdin. Yeah. The Birdcage is fabulous, too. I do. I, I, Hook? Hook is one of my favorite oh, movies ever. Oh, God. It's really hard to... It is. Yeah. This, Popeye. I, I like this movie because he gets to be Robin Williams, but there's also an emotional subtle, subtlety to yeah, how he's, he, a, he's a classically trained actor. He yeah, went to Juilliard. He's great. You know, after one year in Juilliard, they told him, we have nothing left to teach you. Just go out and do your stuff. You're kidding. No. I, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, you only went to Cranbrook. He's yeah. local. Uh, yeah. Local. Yeah. That's a little famous place around here. So look, John Keating is the teacher that you always want. At the beginning of this movie, when he first meets his class, he walks into the hallway, his class follows him. He's talking about what his name is. And he essentially tells them that if you want to call me anything, you know, I would love if you would call me, oh, captain, my captain. It's a line from a Walt Whitman poem about Abraham Lincoln. And the significance of this is that throughout this entire movie, he is taking these very impressionable boys and encouraging them to explore their minds, explore the space they inhabit, be passionate about poetry, follow what they want to do. And he encourages one of his students who's just the straight A awesome kid whose father is Boddicker from... Uh, Wait, no, he's Kurtwood Smith. He's uh, he's the bad guy from RoboCop. He's not Boddicker. 
Is he Boddicker? Yeah. Okay, that's Boddicker. Yeah, that's Boddicker, right. isn't right. it? Yeah. Right. Don't Sorry. screw me up on this. I took the emotional. Kurtwood Smith. Yeah, Boddicker. Red yeah, from yeah, that yeah. 70s yeah. show. Come on, Max. Jesus. Choreographer from, from Boddicker. Yes. Choreographer <laughs> from Staying Alive. Everybody knows that. It's a huge role. So this poor kid, because his father wants him to follow a certain path and do a certain thing, he ends up taking his own life. Yep. And they can't blame the family. So they scapegoat John Keating, who is Robin Williams' character. And... They make them all sign these BS, you know, documents that say that basically he was Socrates and leading him astray. And at the very end of the movie, Robin Williams is cleaning out his desk and Ethan Hawke. I loved him in this. He's great in this. You can see just he's emotionally so distraught, stands on his desk and says, oh, captain, my captain. And the whole room minus like five or six kids. Is it just, (laughs) is it all the people who are in the dead poet society who do it? And then the other kids don't do it. That's probably what it is. Whatever cowards. (laughs) Like how would be the one kid who doesn't do it? Right. I wouldn't do it. I know you're well, cause balance wise you'd eat it. You couldn't. (laughs) So they all stand up and it's this incredible sign of unity and admiration. And Robin Williams just looks at them and says, thank you. And that is one of my favorite endings to a movie. It's just beautiful. He's got very like kind eyes when he's like welling up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I got nothing else to add. We should have done this one last. I told you it was the most emotional one. No, 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 no. So wait, always save action for last. So you've said the last two are your favorites of all time, and you saved action for last. Are you gonna triple lie and yeah, say it's not oh, a lie? <laughs> I'm I'm very in the moment. I am very emotionally swayed <laughs> from answer to answer. Max, our last category, action. Who do you have? What do you got? Who are your backups? Backup was FX. I thought it was really fun. FX is a great movie. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have not seen FX. Like the deep cut people do. Yeah, our like, fans. Yeah, yeah. Our hardcore fans. Yeah, because they're in Europe. It's like round two. What's going to happen? Brian Dennehy's fun. It's just, I don't know. I'm going to need you, Tommy boy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Brian Dennehy, first of all, if you don't immediately think of First Blood, shame on you. Yeah. But I can't hear his name without immediately thinking <laughs> of Tommy boy. The cartwheels and all oh, that. It's the best. I think you picked this one. Uh, we've not had any crossover thus far, so... Beverly Hills Cop? No. What? There's only You're such an Axel Foley. Just so we're clear, there is only there's only one answer to this. What? There's only one. I'm. I'll wait. Beverly Hills Cop is a great answer. See, you like the you love the freeze frame. This goes back to like Mr. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Go. I like the banter. Tell the people about Beverly Hills Cop, Max. Okay. Or or send them to episode. (laughs) You probably know the number. We did a whole episode on Beverly Hills Cop. 18 or 19, I think. Yeah, there you go. No, 27. Definitely definitely 27. 27. (laughs) So a Detroit hotshot cop, Axel Foley. Detroit! (laughs) Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, Goes to Beverly Hills to avenge the death of his friend, Mikey. And at this point, I mean, it's just a fun movie. It's a fish out of water movie. He's just making waves. He's improvising. I guess like the script wasn't even really set. He was just going. Do you know Sylvester Stallone? Like the Marion Cabretti yeah. Cobra. Yeah. Like well, because Stallone was supposed to be Beverly Hills Cop, and then he like yeah. made crazy rewrites. <laughs> yeah. He took all the humor out of it and wanted to make it into Cobra. Yeah, which is, thank God for that. So he makes friends with all the cops. He defeats Victor Mayland, who you've confused with other people before. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's Lieutenant true. Bogomil has backed up his hero cop story, which is a complete lie. Yeah. You know, he's just basically wheeling and dealing. We've talked about this before. He's Ferris Bueller with yeah. the badge. Yes, which is a great, great way yeah. to explain him. He's just kind of, imp- he's improvising everything and everything works out for him. So now he's best buds with detective Rosewood and Sergeant Taggart. 
you know, who are on the Beverly Hills. Who put the, ter- put the banana on the tailpipe? <laughs> hmm? <laughs> and he's checking out of the swanky Beverly Palms Hotel. And he's got his duffel bag. He's got his blue jeans, blue sweater. He's got the white Adidas combo. He just looks cool. He's got a sling from the gunshot wound. Makes him look all heroic. And he's so happy to see Taggart and Billy. He gets emotional. He tells him, like, I love you guys. And that's not a very 80s action kind of movie. Kind of. This is where you make another one of your sweeping generalizations. The 80s didn't know how to do male-to-male affection. Like, of course they did. I don't know. Riggs and Murtaugh. Riggs and Murtaugh. Yeah, okay, fine. Powell and McFly. Don't. Or McCain. <laughs> Powell and McFly? Yeah, McCain. I meant John McCain. John Mc- McClain. What is wrong with me today? Powell and McClain. Oh, Sergeant Al Powell. Yeah. yeah. When you said McCain, I was like, are we running for president? No. Okay. No. <laughs> R.I.P. Continue. So first of all, my favorite part, Beverly Hills Police Department picks up his tab at the hotel, <laughs> which was $235 a night. For inflation, that's $630 a night today. Plus the robes. Yeah. They have quite a few robes. Yeah. And he was there a week, so yeah. they pick up a 5K tab. Sure. I love when people I love in movies get free things. It just makes me happy. You're such a weirdo. <laughs> so he steals a few robes, gives them to Taggart and Rosewood. He didn't steal them. He well, buys them. He yeah. buys them and gives it to well, them. Well, no, he has three that he stole. Yes, remember? That's right. You're yeah, right. Because right. Sergeant Taggart's like, no, I can't take No, I can't take it. He's like, no, I already got a bunch <laughs> in my bag. Yeah, you're right. Good call. Good call. And then it's like, and then they're like, not going to say goodbye. He goes, I think I'm going to stop somewhere and get a drink. And, you know, before beforehand in the movie, they're like, no, we can't go out for a drink with you. This time they're like, ah, beer won't kill us. And you're like, yeah, they're yeah. friends and best buddies. And, and freeze drink. No, no, wait. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> Axel Foley goes, don't worry about it. Just follow my lead. You guys are going to love it. Trust me. His eyebrows go up and freeze frame. <sighs> and you got Patty LaBelle stir it up. And I just, I don't know. It makes me feel good. Don't stir it up. <laughs> yeah. Eddie was the king in the 80s. Max, I have four that will clobber this thing that I just teased you when I was giving you names before. No. Yeah. So let's start with my backups. I'm just going to glaze. I love going to glaze over. I'm going to glaze over this. <laughs> there you go. Glaze or glaze, whatever. <laughs> Glizzy. I mean, I'll start with the one that I thought you would pick, which was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I can't do the same movie twice. Why? The intro and outro. Why? I don't know. Let's switch it up. I, I, People okay. listen to this podcast to get the whole eclectic feel of the 80s. So- Indiana was a dog. So yeah, he he <laughs> saves his dad and Elsa. Was her name Elsa? Or am I thinking of Frozen? You are thinking. Of I'm Frozen. thinking of Frozen. She's hanging in the in the pit, about to die, reaching for the the mug. The, yep. the, the, the mug. The, <laughs> Jesus, <beer> the glaive. <laughs> <laughs> She's reaching for the goblet, and she falls. Yep. And then Indiana Jones falls in there, and his father, Doctor <laughs> Henry Jones, grabs his hand. And they have this incredible moment. His dad's like, it's not worth it. And he pulls him up and they leave and they have this funny tenderness about his name. Yeah. He's like, why do you call him junior? He's like, oh, Indiana's what's your name? The dog. And it's the best guffaw laugh. They they, ride off into the sunset. They ride off. I got it's Salah. It's Marcus Brody. It's junior and Dr. Jones. And they ride off in the sun. And that's how it should have ended until they butchered it with the alien (laughs) one that came out 20 years later. Uh, That's one. That's one that easily would have done it. Die hard. Die hard unquestionably would be in this list above uh, Beverly Hills Cop, not Hans falling from the building. No, no, the shooting of Carl. Yeah, when when Sergeant Al Powell, he's he's hanging out and he gives, uh, he sees, makes eye contact with McLean and realizes who they are and they give a big hug and uh, Deputy Chief Dwayne T. Robinson is coming through the crowd. Who's going to pay for all this? And da, 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 da. And then you hear that like music, right? That da, da, da. <laughs> and Carl, I don't know how he survived. I don't know either. Has, a, has his gun and you just Powell. Because remember, Powell has never shot his gun ever since he accidentally shot that kid when yeah. he was on his beat. Shoots him and that's that's mind blowing. I'll throw another one in there. Lethal weapon. The end of lethal weapon. 
What's that? With Joshua, the fight? No, so the fight's incredible when they do mixed, yeah, they mix, mix, when the cops allow mixed martial arts. <laughs> We're going to let this happen. On, yeah, it's, it's on freaking Murtaugh's front street, lawn, yeah. and they've got helicopters above, like, highlighting it, and he beats them up, and you think it's over, and they're they're taking Joshua, who could have been played by Tim Capella. Yeah. Listen to last week's episode. You'll hear all about that. You and the title? he grabs the gun from the cop and points it on Murtaugh and Riggs, and they both shoot him at the same time, and Murtaugh says, you know, I got your back, partner. <laughs> but that's not the scene. The scene is when they go back, by the way, I should mention as we're getting close to Christmas. You remember the end of Die Hard? What song was playing at the very end? Uh, let us know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know what song was playing at the very end of uh, Lethal Weapon? No. Let us know. I'll be home for Christmas. Oh, yay. So, at, so yeah, Riggs goes to Murtaugh's house and wraps the bullet that he was going to kill himself with in a bow and gives it to his daughter and says, give it to your dad. He'll know what it is. He runs outside, says, you know, if you think I'm going to sit through the worst Christmas turkey ever, you must be crazy. <laughs> and Riggs says, let me tell you something. I'm not crazy. And Murtaugh's like, I know. Now come and side and it's like so, family so you and holidays and turkey I, is that what hits you no but like these okay fine this is <laughs> what's, what's your pick this isn't my favorite i just wanted to beat up your beverly hills cop pick my pick is there's only one pick max sanders predator predator action film ending predator we haven't we predator when they're on the go to show it's Debbie Susie. <laughs> she's so sweet it's them on it's I don't know. It's the laugh Max, and the explosion. Max, yeah. come on. Yeah. I'll go a little further back. Is I'll it, go Dutch, Dutch. Okay. Are you stay, Are you saying the whole scene? That like Hold 15 minutes stretch? Let me, let me, let me talk about okay. the movie okay. for a brief moment. 1987. What did it win? 12 Oscars? 15. 15 Oscars. Uh, John McTiernan, who we're going to have on the show one day when we make. Uh, He's a loon. What's our terrible movie that we came up with? Uh, uh, Mac and Cheese. Oh, yeah. The, the prequel. <laughs> Of Blaine and Mac. Oh my God, it's incredible. Uh, we haven't talked about Predator in a long time. So a team of special force ops led by a tough but fair soldier, Major Dutch. Very fair. Are ordered to assist a CIA man, Colonel Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> on a rescue mission for potential survivors of a helicopter downed over remote South American jungle. But they're not downed by your normal reasons. There is a predator, a hunter, which is what it was called. And they changed the name. I like to say that. Yep. And this predator is like a chameleon and he blends with the jungle. And one by one, he kills. I, I could talk about this movie. We have. All night. We did. <laughs> I, people don't know this. We did an episode dedicated to Predator, but we also did the episode originally, and then something happened with the audio, and it was a four-hour episode, and we had to redo the whole thing because the audio got screwed up. Yeah. We had no issue with it. We collectively, at the beginning of our podcast- Four or five hours. We, no, we put almost 12 hours into the episode. Really? Yeah, because remember, we did the practice run, yep. we did the full one, then we had to redo the full one. It was almost 12 hours worth of Predator time. 50 hours too little. Oh my God. It was incredible. So let's get to the end of the movie, which is makes its case for the best action film ending ever. One by one, the predator has killed everyone except Anna who like escapes or Anna, whatever her name is. Anna. She, she gets to the chopper <laughs> and she escapes. Dutch Arnold learns that the predator cannot see him because he's covered with mud. Cut to the end of the film where you hear the main theme song of the film. By the way, it's very back to the future. If you think about it, very similar. I'm sure it's scored by the same person. So Dutch is setting up traps because if nothing else, he's a boy scout. Oh yeah. And a lot of people don't realize this when he's doing the first trap, He's putting these little wood spikes on a log. Look cool. And then he he hoists up this like giant tree trunk, which probably weighs a thousand pounds. And he's doing that not to get the tree trunk ready to, to drop on the predator. But the tree trunk is tied to a rope that if the predator crawled underneath the trunk, 
that had all the spikes on it, it would pull him into the spikes. Oh, interesting. Exactly. So it cuts to him doing all of these like crazy things. Again, this last Boy Scout type stuff, right? No pun intended, Shane Black. Then it cuts to the Predator who is deboning Billy like a fish on a boat. <laughs> Rips his head and spine out from his back, throws his body over the side, cleans off his skull, does like a weird rubs his finger across his like forehead. It's super weird predator stuff. Well, Billy was formidable. Cut back to Dutch. Who's making a bow. This is just literally like a Mr. Universe flexing contest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got like five sticks that he's wrapping together and he's like bending them into a bow. He does a test with the bow and arrow. He puts the arrow through like a two foot thick tree, which would be incredible. <laughs> Now um, he takes out the grenade bullets, which why didn't he just use the grenade launcher? I don't know, but he puts the powder into leaves and he's making all these amazing weapons. I love this movie so much. I could talk forever. You're gonna have to watch me. I'm going long on this one. So cut to the predator has his whole skull collection out. He's like looking at all of his skulls. Cut back to Dutch who's using the the mud to make war paint on his face because he's about to go to war. The scream. Oh, then he throws, Ah. yeah. He grabs the torch and throws it into his bonfire and yells, ah, and then the predator looks down at his knives claws like his Freddy Krueger hand (laughs) and uses his laser vision to sharpen the blades because he's going to go hunting. So they have this huge fight and they go back and forth. It gets to the very end and of course you know what happens at the very end. Come on! Come on! Do it! Do it! Come kill me! I'm here! Do it now! I'm here! Kill me! And he's like laying in this ditch but the predator sees some of those spikes. Yep. So he walks over to the side and this is the quick thinking of Dutch. So instead of using the trap the way he was supposed to he notices the predator standing underneath the giant log. He kicks the log out. It crushes the predator and you think everything's all over but the log moves a little bit and dutch is like what do i have to do to kill this guy he picks up a big rock looks at the predator who's spitting up max what's in the blood i know you know what's in the blood ky jelly and glow sticks there you go this guy right here spits up the blood and he just looks at him and says what the hell are you and the predator looks at dutch (laughs) in all red infrared what the are you takes out his self-destruct arm sets the timer and just starts going (laughs) (laughs) and the mandibles are all moving and a nuclear explosion goes off that can be seen by the chopper that's like 10 miles away and I believe the chopper pilot is your guy, Can right? Was that his cameo? Yeah. yeah. So in the chopper. Who's you, the predator? Who is the predator? Yes. Thank you, Max. What are you saying? I, I'm sorry, Kevin Peter Hall. Yeah. You got uh, Anna, the pilot, and who's the, who's the predator? And General Phillips, uh, who just looks at the explosion and says, my God. <laughs> okay, that's really Rookies weird. in the back, puking his guts up. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> so they pick him up. And he's just, he's like stoic while they go to pick him up. You just see all the smoke and he's like standing there and it's playing that like horn, like taps, you know, and then they get him on the chopper and it closes in on his face and he looks just abused. And then it's just like, (laughs) that is the best end to an action film ever. I'm not going to argue with that one. You can't. Yeah. I just felt like I talked for two hours on it and I'm totally okay. Yeah, it's fine. Whoa. Let me take a deep breath. Is it time for the best part of the show? That was the best part of the show. Fair. Second best part of the show, the Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. My favorite Buzz in the Tower fan spotlights are from artists. I love whether it's a musician, whether it's, you know, pen and paper, paint, uh, you know, music, video. I, I love when we do artists and that is no exception on this one. And I was so happy he was willing to do it. Mike Giblin. I want you, as soon as you finish this episode, get on Instagram, go to at Mike Giblin, M-I-K-E-G-I-B-L-I-N illustration. That's his handle, Mike Giblin illustration. He is so freaking talented. One of the best John Candy portraitures I've ever seen. Yeah. What is a portraiture? 
Uh, is that the word? No. No. A picture of John Candy. Yeah. Portrait. It's I've a, just never heard of portraiture. It, it could be a word. Charcuterie? I don't <laughs> Charcuterie <know>. board. <laughs> a Jeff, yes, yes, yes. A Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> God. Um, go to it and you'll see thumbing right away. You're going to see Doc from uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. You're going to see Richard, some Pryor, jo- Richard Pryor, John Candy. Jim Carrey. I mean, Terminator. I, do you ever, do you just look at his stuff? I mean, he's so talented. Yeah. Oh, look at this one. I got to pull this one up and show it to you. Trading Places. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Billy Ray and Lewis. I mean, that's, uh, anyways, I'm sorry. I'm kind of going on and on. Super talented dude. We reached out to him and asked him, what is your favorite final scene from an 80s movie? Let's hear what he had to say. Hi guys, Mike here. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. As you know, I'm a huge fan. I regularly have you guys on for company when I'm working out here in the studio. I especially loved your Timmy Capello interview you did last week. Uh, That guy's had some life, honestly. The stories he told, I absolutely loved it. Anyway, in answer to your question, what is your favourite end scene of an 80s movie? That's really a toughie for me. Um, I went all around the houses for a while. Uh, It's no secret that I love 80s movies. But choosing one with an absolutely killer end scene was uh, actually a lot trickier than I thought. Um, Planes, Trains and Automobiles was uh, an obvious contender for a while. Uh, When Harry met Sally and Team Wolf, they both entered the frame. Um, Ultimately, I kept coming back to one, which I've loved since I first saw it. I've always loved the film, um, but in particular, I've always loved the end scene. Um, I love it when two characters eventually get together, you know, against the odds. um, And especially when there's... A crowd involved and everything and you know everybody willing it to happen and that movie is crocodile dundee it's just it's just absolutely mega like from from the from the moment when sue charlton thinks that she is on the verge of losing crocodile mick um she sets off down 59th street you know gradually picking up the pace until she's running she ditches the high heels gets to columbus circle gets down there dispatches a couple of muggers in a, a sort of slightly comedic fashion um and then when she actually gets down and you know, sees Mick and he's jammed in with all the New Yorkers and, uh, you know, what do you want, lady? You know, the game of telephone with all the strangers. Um, there's a, a line from Ghostbusters 2, which I've always enjoyed, um, delivered by New York Mayor, um, which is, being miserable and treating other people like dirt is every New Yorker's God-given right. I've always liked that, because um, certainly in this time period, I think the 80s, I mean, maybe more so the 70s, but New York was seen as a very kind of, very tough, very mean place where people weren't really very nice to each other. So to see a scene where everyone does come together in a common goal and, um, you know, helping someone in such such a major way, I absolutely love it. Um, and as Mick finally makes it up and across the heads of the people and the crowds cheering and the music swelling and everyone's clapping and noise, oh, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, by this point in the scene, I'm usually a complete blubbering wreck. <laughs> I get so emotional at things like this when he finally makes it to his lady and the, the smooch and there's that final freeze frame of the high five in the crowd. It's just so, it's such a positive note to end a film on and I, I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, right. So that's my that's my choice, guys. Crocodile Dundee. Um, I highly recommend it to anyone that hasn't seen it. It's uh, It truly is an absolutely, not just an 80s film, it's, a, it's a, a wonderful film, full stop. They really don't make them like that anymore. Thank you so much for having me on once again. Um, I truly love your podcast. I hope to keep listening to it for years to come. And I can't wait to see what you come up with next. And I really appreciate you having me on again. Okay. Thank you, Max and Mo. Take care. See you soon. Mike gave the perfect answer for a couple of reasons. Number one, he referenced movies I picked. And you know, for my ego, that's very important. Yep. 
Number two, he gave love to the freeze frame. He did. He gave you a little tip of the hat. It's Didn't really even good. know. Yeah. Great call. Crocodile great, Dundee. Great description, too. Yeah. Oh, I love the podcast. Have you seen Crocodile Dundee? Yeah. Okay. It's not a knife. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Crocodile Dundee with Sergeant Al Powell. He's in there too. Don't forget. Oh, yeah. Because he's bad Leroy Brown. <laughs> I I have a sweet spot for this movie because I don't know if you know this or not, but I once lived in Australia. You did. I did. You and will. I. One day you will again. I would mock and give crap to my Australian friends all the time about this movie. I'd be like, oh, that's not a knife. And they'd be movie. like, it is a great movie. Mike. Awesome call. Love the movie. and Great ending, too, when they're standing on the shoulders and yeah. all. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think she gets down there and doesn't she do the, like the, like, the, like yell? Yeah, yeah, it's great. I'm a little, little Beach Boys in there, right? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Brian Wilson. There you go. <laughs> Why? I just love you. Sometimes I just love you. Max, we are barreling into the holiday season. And you know what else is coming up pretty soon? The one, the one year anniversary of Buzz in the Tower. Oh my God. I haven't planned anything. Did you buy me anything? I bought you a negligee. Oh, that's super. (laughs) That's on brand, Max. That's on brand. Uh, At this time, I'd like to remind everyone to please share the love. Tell people about our podcast. Tell them to subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you listen to. We're on it. For Apple Podcasts, if that happens to be your weapon of choice, leave us a review and five stars. Follow us on TikTok. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on every single social media Twitter, platform. Twitter, Snapchat. Max, uh, Bumble, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Buzzing Towers matching with other podcasts? Or I said Twitter. I meant Tinder. I was going to make a joke and that came in. I'm so lame. I'm like the bees and the and the twits and the, yeah, yeah no, don't oh, worry about it. Oh, someone copied us on TikTok. They tried to make a Buzzing the Tower zero. And really? I, I Atta boy, yeah. go get him! Yeah. Well, we're famous now. Yeah, kind of. Well, that's, that's that was a stretch. Someone wants our credit card. Yeah, that's there that might be. You're like, I showed him. I gave him my social security number to prove it was me. I'll teach him. <laughs> uh, I got nothing else other than I'm excited. Gosh, we're heading over to see Timmy. Excuse me, Tim Capello in a couple weeks. We so, call him Timmy now. Nope, not no? to meet him. Okay. Remember, not yeah. to meet him in person. Two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, Max, anything to add? Anything to end? On, on this end episode fade to black <laughs> cue the music freeze frame. freeze frame there you go you can't how can you verbally do a freeze frame you can't how can <laughs> see Jesus pretty good right Christ. i had nothing to end on because i've already used all of my endings <laughs> how you like that there's no more endings there's no more only ending. beginning turn around <laughs> max i'll see you next week yeah You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.